Evolve into Power is a podcast on a mission to highlight Central Florida's community and business leaders in the hopes of sharing lessons they've learned with you all to help you evolve into power. In today's episode, Max and Dr. Alicia Clarcius were joined by Amy Yoder, the CEO of Anuvia Plant Nutrients. Amy has spent the last 30 years connecting with farmers and retailers with the mindset of advancing agricultural in all of its assets. At Anuvia Plant Nutrients, she's focused on developing a new, innovative, and patented way of manufacturing an enhanced efficiency fertilizer, that's EEF, for the turf and agricultural industries. Here's her story. We hope you enjoy. Today's a very special episode. We have Amy Yoda with us. She's the uh, CEO of Anubia Plant uh, Nutrients, uh, located here in Zellwood. Now, Anubia is is doing so so many innovative things in uh, in the fertilizer business, in the plant nutrients. And Amy's here to tell us all about that. Amy, how are you today? I'm good, Max. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us. It's my pleasure. Always, uh, I'm always excited to talk about Anuvia with, uh, with fellow people. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be your baby if you, if you weren't in love with it. Uh, uh, you know. <laughs> this is true. This is true. It's a bit like a parent talking about their kids. That's, that's, is, that's exactly right. Amy, tell us a little bit about you. Are you a, a Florida native? No, I'm not. Actually, I'm originally from Michigan. Um, I'm a sixth generation farmer. So uh, my family still farms up there. And uh, my brother actually does most of the farming now. And uh, I graduated from Michigan State University and have been in agriculture for, I hate to say it, 30 years. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, uh, farming and agriculture has been part of your, your, your blood. It's been yeah. part of the family. You grew up watching it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So always knew that I wanted to make an impact on agriculture and was always looking for, similar to my father, looking for the, the best technologies or the innovative ways that we could make uh, farming or, or agriculture better. Kind of tell us some of the ways that you guys have made agriculture better. Like what, so what are some of the things you I, did? I think what's really about? interesting is, so I, I started from a farming perspective, you know, my dad, so, it, and I don't know how familiar you are, but you know, it, when I really was little, you used to plow the fields and disc them and you turn up all this soil. Right. And that leads to a lot of soil erosion and um, your, your soil being lost and, and going places where you really where you don't want it, right? You need it there to, to grow the crops. So my dad was actually one of the early innovators with no-till where they would plant directly into what, you know, what they would call crop residues. And, and crop residues actually hold in carbon, they hold in moisture, and they actually help weeds. And so he started that when I would have been probably in high school. And wow. so he's been doing that ever since. And he was one of the, he was a leading innovator in what we used to call grass waterways. So you'll see where water, for example, when you have a heavy rain, you'll see how it kind of rips through ground and you'll see the, 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 the trenches. It does that in fields too. And what that will do is that takes soil nutrients into water systems where we don't really want it. Um, so what he did was go naturally where the, where the water was, plant grassways, and then when you take a, then you don't get that erosion from the soil and you are able to get a cleaner, clearer water that goes into the water system. So those were some of the things he started because he cared about the land going to my brother, the next generation. My brothers continued on that. And so that was how I grew up. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and, and mm-hmm. one, one of the first to say, 
thank you so much to you and your family because farmers are the lifeblood of our country. Uh, without you, <laughs> we all sink overnight. So yeah. thank you so much for for for, uh, for that up front. Uh, so you grew up farming. So tell us a little bit of story of uh, you back on the farm, uh, you with your dad. What you used to do as a little girl? What did you oh, like it was oh do? yeah. So I mean, I can. So the reason I'm not farming today and I'm sitting on more of the CEO side is probably you know I mean we we worked all the time, right? So. And I, you know, I never really thought about it as work. It just was what was expected, what you were expected to do. So I was in charge of, uh, of helping weed. So we would, you, you would get a list in the morning when you got up because my dad used to work at General Motors too. So he worked two jobs, he farmed and then he worked at GM wow. and you used to get a list on, on the day on what you were supposed to do. So it would be Craig, I need you to rake hay in this field. Amy, you need to feed cows you need to do this. And so you just kind of had a list that was expected. And when they came home, all that, all that was expected to get done. So that was, and I mean, it was fun too. I mean, don't, it wasn't like slavery or anything like that, but it was, it was, it was just, it was hard work. You knew what you needed to get done and everything had to be done during a certain timing, because if it's not, and you miss it, then your crop doesn't come in. So, you know, I think what people misunderstand a lot with farmers is it's their business and they really only get paid once a year. So, um, oh, wow. you know, so when they farm, they put all of their money into that crop in the spring of the year. And it isn't until harvest time in uh, October through November where they actually get paid for what they've done. And if anything happens, if you miss it in terms of rain, if something's too wet or too hot, things you can't mm -hmm. control, it has an impact on your income. And you just have to manage through that. And so those are, you know, I learned a lot about decision making, uh, risk taking, um, you know, and just kind of understanding uh, how your livelihood can deviate based on that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow. So you weren't the typical girl, they say, that played with Barbie. No, and... I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and and no. that has served you to, to, to yes. better. It molded your character. Absolutely. Obviously, now today you're in the CEO role. Uh, you you're creating, you're innovating. Tell us about the work ethic that uh, watching your father being on the farm, how that cultivated you. Yeah. So I mean, I I mean, I think it, it basically set up the examples of that I work today. So remember, I said my dad worked two jobs, right? So he actually worked at General Motors at Plant One. Um, which was a, a main manufacturing plant at that time frame. He used to get up at four. He'd be to work at six. His shift ended at two. Then he would come home, change clothes, and he would farm from three until 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock at night, right? So that's that's how I grew up, and that was expected. So he ate his meals in the field, and, and that was the, the way that, you know, I, I just kind of assumed everybody did that, to be honest with you, right? <laughs> so that, that's the way that we made it we made it possible. Um, and through that, you know, he was able to acquire more land. And so my brother actually now just farms full time. He has a, a seed business that he does on the on the side, but they've been able to rent more ground so they can make it more sustainable for the for the family to actually live off of. Um, so from my perspective, we had the same things. Right. I mean, I went to school. I was an athlete. So I was in, in a variety of sports. And then, but when you came home, you still were in charge of, you know, taking care of the animals. And I had horses too, so I had to take care of those too. And that was just, just how I grew up. And so when, like I went to college, 
um, nobody had anything like a scholarship for me. So I actually worked three jobs to get through school. Um, my parents helped pay for books, but I'm, I'm real happy to say that I made it out in four years and, um, you know, was able to get a job after that. And, you know, that was, that was just a part of the work ethic. And I never questioned that, that, that wasn't how I would have to do that or go forward. And, and it's the same with my career. Like I said, I started in Michigan, but then we were, and we were there for, I was probably there two years working. And then I had an opportunity to go out West. So I went to Seattle and then I moved to St. Louis. And then from St. Louis, I lived in Memphis, Tennessee. And then in, from Memphis, we lived in Atlanta. Then I was in Chicago. Then I was wow. in North Carolina. And now I'm in Florida. So, you know, I went because the opportunities were there. And, you know, not everything, if, in order to take those and continue to move on and gain experience, um, those are those are what we did. And so, I, like I said before, those are to me values that I carried on. Um, in terms of being able to take a little bit of risk, calculated risk, and and continuing to to go ahead. Wow, you've you've been all over. Yeah, you I have. go, but it 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 all those experiences mold you, and it, like we said before, it it shapes your character. It does. So it kinda, changes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Speed us up to what you took in school. Like, what what did you uh, major in, and how did that help you along this way as we start moving up to how you created your company? Sure. So. Um, I think it, when I started out, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I think this is really important as kids kind of go in, because I think you go in as a freshman and, and people think that you're going to pick what you're going to do for the rest of your life and <laughs> think that that's false. So I actually, if you go through my major, I have a bunch of different majors because I tried a lot of different things. Um, and what I ended up with is uh, I graduated with a degree in agricultural engineering with a minor in crop and soil science, because ultimately... I liked being outside. I liked learning how things work, and um, and I enjoyed and I enjoyed that program. Um, it's a it's now called like Ag Biosystems or something mm -hmm. like that now at Michigan State. You know they change everything, but but basically that's that that's what I studied. So math and science. <laughs> I, I mean, I just love the story. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, obviously, besides your father, tell me three people, Amy that have been instrumental in your growth? Sure, so my my dad is, of course, is, is the number one, right? Because there was a lot you don't think you pay attention to when you're a kid, but you actually do. And um, that kind of sets to me your foundation as you go forward. Um, the other one actually is my husband. So my husband and I got married really young. Uh, we were in our 20s, I was still in college when we got married. And when we took that first big move, I mean, you gotta think about this, this would have been in, you know, 91, 92. And, um, and we had the opportunity to go out West. So we, we grew up in Michigan. We'd never been farther, you know, from our home for probably about two hours, right? We didn't take big, big, big vacations or anything like that. And I have an opportunity. I'm going to go move to Seattle, Washington, right? That's a long way away. Yeah. And, and he was really instrumental. And he said, uh, you know, Amy, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? If you fail, we can always come back. But he said, I'm willing to do that. And, and quite frankly, he's been willing to do to travel the whole time frame. So we've been married 33 years, I think. And um, he's been a real rock in terms of supporting how we go forward in the career that I've chosen and um, and and doing that. And then probably the other one from was been more of a work one um, was an individual that I worked with very early on in my career 
that that said that there will be challenges that you will face that will make you want to give up or take a step back and that you have to have the confidence to believe in yourself and be able to move forward and sometimes your path is not always forward sometimes it's sideways and and i think that that for me was really really um valuable in that there is sometimes you do go sideways and you just go to learn something a little bit different and that learning actually helps you at a different situation when you when you go forward. All right. Exactly. Through the challenges come great things. Yep, that's true. Oh. Amy, kind of speed us up. Tell us about your company, what it is, um, how you help the, the community, kind of go over um, those aspects of it. Sure. So what we are is we're actually a bio-based fertilizer company. And what that means is we take uh, waste products that are thrown away, um, can be a variety of things, can be food waste, uh, could be manures, could be what we call agronomic waste. So when you make something in a food processing plant, like um, peanut butter, for example, they take the peanuts and they have these peanut hulls, shells, and they don't know what to do with them. We can actually use that, right? Normally that would go to a landfill. We can use like pomegranate waste, a variety of different things. Um, wow. And, and what we do is our technology takes that waste, it breaks it down into amino acids and proteins, we add nutrients to that, and then we make a fertilizer that farmers can use. Why is that a big deal? One is we utilize waste that would normally get thrown away. The second piece is, is the way the process works is we actually emulate nature. So think about it when you put leaves out and they biodegrade and turn into soil like in a year, year and a half. It takes a year and a year and a half. We actually can do that in about five minutes. And so wow. what it does, and it, what, what happens when that happens is they create proteins and amino acids that go down and feed those soil microbes, right? And that's how your soil gets healthy. We do that. And then we add micro, we add nutrients to that. So um, not only do we have that, that nice, uh, we call it an organic matrix, but those nutrients are then bound there in a plant available form. So we put it out on the plant, the plant can utilize it. And what that means is it's in an easy form for the plant to use. So you see good growth. From a farmer perspective, what that means is they get nutrition that goes and feeds their plants and crops to grow. They get those organic pieces those that feed the soil. So that's very important, right? Making sure the soil can continue to regenerate. And because it's in the plant available form, you don't get greenhouse, you don't get as much greenhouse gas as you would from conventional mm -hmm. fertilizer and those nutrients don't leach into the water system. So those are the uh, economic and environmental advantages of, of our product. Wow. And, uh, and not only that, it's work that is benefiting society. It's work that is benefiting the community. It's taking otherwise the things that have would have been real waste and now that can be refurbished, can be reused, can be reutilized. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes. So yes. you seem you know a lot about this field. What resources <laughs> what helped you does. along the way? Yeah, yeah what <laughs> I know that it stemmed from you know your past and you growing up with your father, and I'm sure he explained a lot. But yeah. you've moved different you know careers, and you've also been in different states. Kind of tell us how you pieced all this together to be so knowledgeable about this field. Well, actually, how 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 why I chose this was um. As you go through, you can see some of the pieces of, of mainstream agriculture that need to improve, right? There's not a farmer out there today that says, hey, I want to go out and put nutrients out that go into the water system, right? I don't want to go out and do tillage practices where soil ends up being 
uh, going away so that my soil is not good. Because all those guys think about is how can I make my land the most productive that I can and have it available for the next generation? But with that, you have to think about technology. That's what we have, right? Technology that can use it. So when you start to think about big problems, um, you know, carbon in, in societies is a big deal, right? Being able to sequester carbon, that's important. It really helps greenhouse gas. It overall helps the environment. We can do that, right, from an agricultural perspective. Making sure that when you use nutrients, they're not wasted, right? So that you can make sure that they go to the plant where they need them rather than going somewhere that, you know, that's just, that's just important going forward. And it helps, uh, like I said, decrease the contribution on greenhouse gas. So I just looked at it, it was a bit of our obligation to be able to do that. And then it was for me finding the right technology that could take that next step. So, and that's, that's really what we've done. So, um, I think of us a bit of as a hybrid car, right? Yeah. So we're not 100% organic, but we have an organic component. And then we also have a conventional nutrition component and we formulated the product so that farmers can make, it's easy for them to use and they can convert relatively quickly. And when they can convert relatively quickly, what you see is those environmental benefits that benefit society rapidly as well, because that's, that's cool. just that's terrific. Amy, what's one thing that uh, most people seem to uh, misunderstand about you and ultimately seem to misunderstand about the, com the company, Anuvia? Um, I think a little bit of what I just said, you know, people automatically think that um, organic is better. And I'm not saying that organic isn't better, that we're, but what it is, is you have to think about how it's going to work on a very large scale, right? I think, Max, you said before, thanks for farmers, because if we all, we, if they weren't here, we'd all be having to, to basically scrabble out your own food production on a butt less than an acre. Right? <laughs> and I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes when you're getting in the garden and you get busy, then the birds eat it, then you're kind of SOL, right? So you don't have anything that you can go forward. <laughs> so I think, I think, you know, that's, that's a, um, a kind of a misconception, right? So the way that we viewed our company is how can we make an impact on broad scale agriculture, meaning the ag that that really produces all the food that you see and have that have a, a strong environmental impact, but also take it globally. And the way to be able to do that is to, to for us right now is this hybrid and technology will continue to get better. We'll continue to evolve. And I always look at things as kind of stair steps in an evolution to be able to get to the places that you need to, but we need to start somewhere and we can, we can utilize this as a, as a base. Terrific. Touch on the, what you just said a minute ago about organic, because uh, a lot of people do, you know, they'll buy organic food in a store rather than mm -hmm. just, you know, buy what they call the regular, yep. you know, uh, veggies and fruits. So kind of touch on organic versus, you know, what you guys do. Yeah, so organic would be you don't add, you don't have any manipulation or anything that has, um, or that has, um, has any kind of man-made. So think about it this way: when you buy like an organic tomato, they've used like a raw manure or a a, a, a rock phosphate as a fertilizer. Um, they they'll use a, a insecticide that will be made out of a, like a botanical oil things like that. They go through some of the same methods. The methods that they have are not quite as efficacious on a broad scale. And so that's why you have to pay a higher price. In terms of nutrient value of the food, it's exactly the same. A lot of it's just on the prep, on the preparation on, on how, how you go forward. Um, or, and, and so what, what I look at is 
a majority of the people can't A, afford that, and also B, it's very hard to do that on a really large scale when you think about having to feed billions of people um, across the world, which is what we do. Um, what I look at is ours is, like I said, a hybrid. So we have that organic component where we have the reutilizing of a waste like a manure. But what we've done is rather than it being raw, it's actually went through a process and been sterilized and we take the carbon component out of it and utilize that in our product. So it's just, it's slightly, it's just different. Um, and, and my thought process was more about organic will continue to grow and I'm very supportive. And I think that that's a very good thing. Um, I just don't think that it's going to be, we can't convert to hundred percent to that at least not on the way that they have it outlined today, because it becomes very unfeasible when you start thinking about feeding a broad scale population. Mm. So what is your biggest challenge and what have you learned from it? Oh man, challenges. There's been tons. <laughs> One, I've learned that when you're, um, the first thing about a startup is that you think, so all my experience before coming to a startup would have been big company is um, you think that you're prepared when you when you come over and you know you're going to have to do a lot on your own, but you really are a jack of all trades, master of none, mm -hmm. right? And you have to be willing to roll up your sleeves and do a variety of things. And then the other piece is when you get to a certain point, you have to be able to step away and let the people that you hire do it. And I don't know how to explain that, except that, you know, when we started with Anuvia, um, we were in Zellwood and we were five people. And now we've moved beyond Zellwood. So we actually have a headquarters in Winter Garden and we actually operate a facility in Plant City. We're over a hundred people. So I obviously I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna do the same things I did when we had five people. So as you bring people on, there's that there's that kind of mix, mix that there's that kind of challenge, right? When you kind of let things go and and how you move, how you but how you still stay involved. The other piece is, is that you're constantly raising money. You never have enough money, right? Because it always takes a little bit longer, it's a little bit tougher. And so that's been a very different um, aspect of this that I would have never thought of if you would have asked me this five years ago. And Amy, talk to, talk to the entrepreneur right now because, and, and you said it, the advice that your friend gave you a little earlier, that there's going to be times where you feel like giving up. There's going to be times when you feel like, ah, I've had enough. I can have some security. I have the credentials. I can work over here and make a decent yeah. salary. Uh, uh, what keeps you pushing? Talk to the entrepreneur right now that's on the verge of giving up. And uh, you're saying, no, hang on, stay on. It'll get better. I think the key is, is, is really believe in, I call it believe in your idea and your company. So when we started this five years ago, nobody was interested in, to be totally honest, nobody was interested in carbon. Nobody was interested in a reduction of greenhouse gas. It was all really kind of nice to have, but it, they weren't interested. So we had to work really, really hard to make sure that our product could compete with, compete with what was out there conventionally, but continue to drive home our message. It's really been in the past year and a half, right, that it's really started to take more of a center stage and agriculture to become a bigger picture of it. And now people are thinking, how can I do this on global on a bigger scale? And our technology actually has a, a way to be able to do that. And that's what's really exciting. But I will tell you, I heard more no's and this is not scalable. <laughs> this will not work. 
early mm-hmm. on. And so you really have to have confidence in yourself and confidence in your idea and keep pushing because there are people out there that believe as you do, but it, it just takes a lot of work to be able mm-hmm. to find out. Tell us, tell me about that breakthrough period. Like I was excited for you when you said that you had over a hundred workers. So, but you didn't start with that. So no, how did you feel? Right. We were how crazy. did you feel right? going crazy, from five to a hundred? <laughs> um, I mean, so we went steps just like, you know, what we did when we first uh, came into the, came into this, it was a technology that had been um, in really a lab, right? So it really hadn't been proven on a big scale. Then we moved to Zellwood to put that on a, on, on a scale. It's a scale, but a small scale from an agricultural perspective. And there were tons of learnings there. And we made a lot of mistakes, right? Products that you thought would work, didn't work. Then we'd have to tweak it a little bit. Um, designs that we thought would manufacture would work, um, didn't work. And then we'd have to change that until we got to a really working system, which, which is where we are today. And during that time frame, you actually bring a variety of different people along and then, um, and then continue to evolve as you go forward, right? So mm-hmm. when you're sitting with five or six people, you know, I didn't have to worry about having a weekly conference call because we saw them all the time. You know, as you're looking at, 100 now you have over 100 100 employees they're spread out in different areas we have salespeople that cover the the entire country as well as canada um so you know you've now got to be much Congrats. more you got to put coordination um together you got to have some process you actually have to start building that infrastructure for a bigger company um right and you you do and, and you don't think about it we have to build it off from scratch right so from everything on what your guidelines and policies are, how your hiring practices work to, um, you know, I mean, literally how, how people do their shifts, right? And those things you wouldn't have, if you would have asked me, you know, I just wouldn't, wouldn't have thought about it, but you really do have to create every little piece. And that's important too, because you are creating the foundation for the culture of your company. And so what you want is, you want like an inclusive company. You want um, a company where people feel comfortable being able to have open conversations. And, you know, we're trying not to have one that has uh, too many layers and silos, right? Because I don't think those work. And so, you know, but you've got to break down the barriers, right? When you start to see those occur, because they naturally start to occur. So you have to work really diligently on that as well. Well, and, and the thing about it, who better to, 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 to do it, Amy, than you? You've, you've known hard work, you've seen hard work, and you've <laughs> overcome. So, and, and I know, Max, you reminded me. I'm like, I didn't think about it as I sat there and talked about it. I'm like, man, we worked hard. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that hard work. And that's I'm, the thing, Amy. As, as yeah. Sorry, Alicia. And that's the thing. When, you, when it's your business and you love it and you fall in love with it, you get your head to the ground mm-hmm. and you get to work. That, that is true. Sometimes right? you don't look up to take a breath. Other people have to tell you, whoa, Amy, look how far you've come mm-hmm. <laughs> in five years' time. And, and you know, uh, we are excited for you. Congratulations on your growth again. Uh, well, we, we I appreciate that. Like I said, it's been a fabulous opportunity to get to know you, Max, and you too, Alicia, and, and really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Oh, of course. So, we want to hear more about you, though. We want to hear, you know, we want to dive in that that moment that you 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 knew, like as an entrepreneur, you have to spend hours, even like you say, coming up with manuals, systems, you know, talk to our entrepreneurs out there that are kind of just stuck in that moment of, you know, I, I got to create a system, but I really don't know how. 
or they might not know how many hours it takes, you know, that they have to yep. dedicate in order to run their own business. It's not like you can just go, you know, to another business and steal all of their ideas and try to come back and formulate them no. as your own. No, I think the key is surrounding yourself with good people. So the people that you bring on in the very beginning are really critical, right? And, and not all of them will stay. I think that's also important to understand as well. Some people are are in in your in your um, company, i.e., life for a short period of time, um, and meaning. And sometimes you'll have mentors that you bring from the outside too, right? So as we were really getting started, there was a group of people that really had that dogged determination, and we and we worked through a lot of these issues. And now as we've kind of grown, um, some of them have said, "Hey, I don't want I don't want to do this anymore," and that's okay, right? They were there when you needed them to be there. But the key is, is get the people you need for the time frame that you are in, particularly when you're starting out early, because there's people that really like that, right? Really like that. I don't have a lot of structure. I have a lot of it to say. Um, I can help really set up systems. But then when they have to operate within those systems, they don't like that. That's okay, right? So that's, that's totally fine. And then what I would also say is, if you can't figure it out, dig around and ask people and they can help you. That to me is also the key when you're an entrepreneur of um, really reaching outside of just whatever the network you know, to even reaching out to other people, i.e. LinkedIn. I have not yet ever found people that, that don't actually wanna help. I mean, people really genuinely want to see other people be successful, so, but you can't be afraid to ask. And you also have to understand that sometimes the timing may be wrong, right? That may be, may be busy, so you just keep asking. And you, you will get to the answers and the, the uh, information that you need. But that, that, again, takes work, right? It takes um, good determination and, and not being afraid to ask. Absolutely. And, uh, Amy, where can people connect with you, right? Uh, they, how do people connect with you? So I would say LinkedIn is probably the best place to be able to connect, right? So um, Amy Yoder, LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty easy to find. I come up really, really easily on that. I should have it all memorized, but I quite frankly don't. But that would be the best place to 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 uh, to get to know us and the company. We have some information on on the on the company on the website, which is anuviaplantnutrients.com. And I would welcome people to look, learn, um, feel free to ask questions. Um, you know, we do check when people ask questions, so. Uh, we like to make sure that people understand what we're doing and going forward. And you know, as I said, you know, we're just really excited about this next phase moving into the Plant City facility and um, you know, this next phase of growth as we go forward. Absolutely. I know you want to ask the rocking chair test, so let's wrap it up with that. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, uh, uh, so in five years, you've done some amazing things, right? Two questions. Sure. Where do you see Anuvia in the next five to 10 years? That's question number one. And ultimately, uh, I always ask every CEO that comes on the show with us, uh, your rocking chair uh, test. You know, you're 80 years old, 85, 90 years old. You're sitting with your amazing husband who's been so supportive for the last 33 years. And don't tell him he's that amazing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, looking, looking back over your life, looking back over what you've accomplished with Anuvia, what would you like that picture to have been like? So where I see us in five to 10 years is I think this this technology is really interesting. So not only what it brings now and what I described to you as the base business,
but I think it becomes a foundation for different biological technologies. And what I mean by that are people are working on a variety of things from um, uh, that are biologically based that can enhance nutrition. So you could even not have to do uh, conventional fertilizer at all, right? We can actually, because we have that bio base, those biologicals have a safe place to stay. And so we're working with other companies on their technologies to be able to take those to the field so farmers can utilize that. And that's just, as a member, I said, that evolution and, and progression and continuing to move forward. So the way that I see us is we have so much more utilization even than a fertilizer, really being able to deliver anything from a biopesticide to um, biological enhancements for plants, um, as well as additional bionutrition. I think we can, our, our technology can do that. So for me, that makes us a platform. I think we can be a public company, um, a very nice one. We can- are you, are, you, are you taking any investors in the early stage? Uh, we will be at we will be at us at a certain point in time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, keep us in mind. Just just throwing <laughs> it out there. Yeah, no, I will. I will. Then um, that and the technology is global, so it can fit on every acre, no matter where you are in the world. And so I think that's that for me is where I where I see us being. Um, I would like us to be be public in five years, to, and 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 that's where I'd like like us to be successfully on that climb, right? Moving forward. Absolutely. Well, Amy, if you have one last piece of advice, uh, I'm going to do a quick commercial. Actually, uh, my wife is going to do a quick commercial and we'll come back and just ask you one piece of advice, whether it's something that you found useful or something you want to leave with the entrepreneur, the listener out there sure. uh, as a last piece of advice. Okay. okay. Not a problem. This is Evolving a Power, powered by the Clarice's Group and also powered by Angel Eyes Home Care and Angel Eyes Primary Care. Um, you can reach us on www.theclaircesgroup.com or you can call us 863-323-7778. All right, Amy, so last piece of advice to our viewers. So the last piece that of advice that, that I would get and the one that I sit on, um, and it goes back to your 80-year-old your, your rocking chair question, Max, is, you know, as, as entrepreneurs are really thinking about how they want to go forward, as I said, we've talked about believe in yourself but it's really believe in your idea, right? When I, when I started this or when I, when I came on board here, it was about, I wanted to leave a legacy so that when I was 80 years old, I could, I could go back to my kids and my grandkids and said, this is what we accomplished. This is what we were able to do, right? And so that to me is what an entrepreneur needs to be thinking all the time about where, where they want it to be because it will make the challenges um, worth it. I know I think that's the best way to describe it, right? Sure. Because it's going to be a slog, it's going to be hard work, but it will be worth it in the end. And um, right. and I think that that that's that's really what entrepreneurs need to be be focused on. Absolutely. Uh, mm -hmm. Amy, thank you so much for uh what you do, uh what you're doing with Anuvia. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wealth of knowledge and wisdom with us. We'd love to check in with you again uh, in the near future as you are moving into the Plant City uh, area, very close by us, by the way. Yep. And uh, we'd love to just stay in touch and to keep the relationship growing, have you back on the show, just so we can see what that progress has been like. Thank you so much for your time today. No, I would love it. I appreciate what you and Max, Max, what you and Alicia do for other entrepreneurs and, uh, 
and and you too are taking steps in the in that direction, right? To make a difference. Yes, that's a big deal. Absolutely. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Yep. Bye bye. Hey, podcast fans. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Evolving to Power. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to get updates for future episodes. We'll see you next time.